When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Babble podcast. This is episode 20. I'm again joined by Dan and Ben. We're here to preview Arsenal versus Benfica. But before we start, we've got some exciting news. This is our first full video going onto YouTube. That's right, we've started a YouTube channel. All our episodes will be available in full on there. We'll be having some clips of our podcast from the best bits and some new stuff, exciting stuff that we can't announce yet, but... I promise we'll be coming in the near future. So, how are you feeling, first of all, about starting a YouTube channel, boys? Yes, it's buzzing. Yeah. Should yeah, be good fun. Definitely going to be good fun. Stuff we can't do on a podcast, more visual stuff will definitely be exciting. Maybe getting these to win an Arsenal quiz, test out their actual knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. But for now, um, Arsenal travel to Athens today. I think they, they might be there by the time this goes out, uh, for our home leg against Benfica in the Europa League. Um, we go into it 1-1, so we've got that all-important away goal. It should have really been three or four, shouldn't it, Dan? It, it really should have. It was a very disappointing game. Uh, I remember we talked about it in the review, we just... It, we just couldn't finish our dinner. Abamyang went from scoring a hat trick against Leeds to then he could have had like three or four on the night, and they were easier chances as well. And it was just like awful to watch. And we didn't play bad as a team; just no end product in the final third, apart from um, a very, very um, exquisite moment from uh, which was finished by Bukayo Saka and a very nice team move. Um, but yeah, no, we should be sitting here previewing this game saying we can rest players. It's a comfortable um, uh, game to get through to the next round. However, once again, we are our own worst enemies and we're just going to have to actually um, knuckle down and try and get through. Yes, it's, it's, it's like we said, we said it in the review of the first leg. It's just a bit disappointing and we felt a bit flat afterwards. Just because it should have been more, we knew it should have been more, and it's it's almost that disadvantage of now going to another neutral venue without sort of that comfortability of playing at home or having that safety net. Um, do you think it might come back to cost us, Ben, or do you think we have the quality? We showed the quality against them in the first leg that you'd think it might it might go our way. What what really surprised me actually was uh, I was watching the Chelsea Atletico game last night. And one of my friends said to me, a 1-0 result's really good for them. And I found myself thinking a 1-1 result away from home against Atletico is really good. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, I have no faith in Arsenal to hold on to a 1-1 draw. You know, because I just think Benfica will probably set up in a very similar way because they only need... They, they know that if they nick a goal, as long as they don't concede more than they score, 
they have a very good chance of going through either in extra time or if they score two, you know, we're out with with a score draw. So it's that poor finishing could come back to cost us. And I dread to think the reaction of the fan base if it does. It would be like an NPR crossover over again, that dreaded game. It's always like worse. We bad ourselves from talking about it a lot of the time, but then we end up talking about it every episode. <laughs> it's, yeah, we, say, we say we don't want to talk about Olympiacos then, and every European game that comes up, we seem to talk about Olympiacos. Um, how do you expect us to set up for this one? Because I think Charles Watt earlier today said he expects it to be very similar to the to the team from the first leg. You expect maybe TNE could come in and feature a bit more. That's, are you expecting a, a strong team with Leicester yeah. in mind? Yeah. As again, I think I think yeah, I think you have to prioritize the competition where we are going to go, where we're going to try and go through. Um, I think anything else in Arteta is suicidal. <laughs> you know, he's shooting himself in the face. He said, I think he said as much on Sunday after the Manchester City game. He said, "We've got a final on Thursday to prepare for." He knows as much as everyone else does that if we go out of this. All of a sudden, we're 11th in the table. We've gone out of the Europa League at the same stage we did last season. People are going to start quite rightly asking where the progression is off, you know, where, where the progression is, which we're hearing about translating into results on the pitch. Um, so I think he'll probably go very strong. I'm, I was surprised to see Tierney play a full 90 minutes against Manchester City. Uh, the same with Thacker, actually. But Tierney, especially, I don't. I don't know if he'll be fit to play. I hope he is, because if he is fit, and if Party's fit, Party's travelled, but if Party's fit, Party needs to play, Tierney needs to play, um, we need to sort of say, stuff Leicester. They've got a tricky game as well. They only drew 0-0 um, in their Europa League game, so they've got a tricky game. We've got to say, we've got to prioritise the Europa League and then play a week inside against Leicester if necessary, I think. You, I think I've, I'm definitely forgetting that Leicester are also playing European football because yeah. you found that a lot that you've we haven't really played a fellow European contender after a European game. It feels like so we'll both have that three or four days rest. We'll both have that lag. So I think you even Leicester could be quite a. I mean, we'll talk about it in the preview in a couple of days. It could be quite a boring game or a really high scoring game depending on what happens, if we both go through or both go out, it could be that sort of European hangover that people seek about. Um, do we think there's any chance of Willian or Pepe starting just to annoy the fan base a bit more? Just maybe we giving hope. a rest to Smith Rowe or Saka or Aubameyang? We hope they don't. We hope they don't play. Um, I don't... Willian especially, I mean, there's only so much that you can kind of throw at him now because I just, I, I, I feel sorry for him because he's just come to Arsenal. He, he had a, he had a strong debut and then no, nothing's gone right for the guy since he's joined. And again, he seems like a nice enough guy, but unfortunately when it comes down to football, it's a ruthless business. And if he's not good enough, then he can't be playing for us. So I, I don't think he, he should be playing. Um, I think Smith Rowe will play because he only came on for a short feature versus uh, Man City. And um, regarding injuries and how we'll set up, um, Arsenal released a statement today talking about their injury list. And they they said that um, Thomas Partey, he trained yesterday 
Um, so at the time of recording, that's Tuesday. Uh, he trained today, which is Wednesday. And on the uh, training session today, he has a uh, fitness test. And Arteta said in his press conference that is, if he feels good in that test, then Thomas will be part of the travelling squad. Um, Rob Holding, however, will miss out on the game because of um, uh, he actually got a concussion from the Man City game. So, I mean, that's not the end of the world. But if we can take a fully fit Partey and Tierney to Athens, that would definitely uh, be strong for us. And I, I am confident we can get a result if those two are in the team. Has sort of the likes of Willian and Pepe almost fallen victim of our new sort of setup and the sort of the youngsters? Because you sort of when he came in, I think we all expected him to play as a right winger, which is something that I thought we were desperate for another winger even a year after getting Pepe, because we just seemed really weak on that sort of area. And so we pushed the Bamiang out to the left a bit, whereas he was doing quite well up front. And then Arteta seemed to found this sort of structure with the youngsters. And especially with Odegaard coming in now, you can definitely see uh, Saka, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe sort of attacking three behind a striker. The ex- older guys have sort of maybe fallen foul of this sort of new setup. Do you think if we mm. sort of would have maybe gone for a four three three or four four two, Widan would have sort of featured more and potentially done better in his short so far Arsenal career? I think I think there's definitely an element of that. I think we no one expected the young players to do as well yeah. or the more experienced players to do as badly as they did. It seems like the hunger from the team is coming from these younger players. And we've signed a lot of players in the past that are happy to be at Arsenal, but happy to be at that level and don't particularly have any sort of collective drive to go any higher. And obviously that that could be completely wrong, but that's sort of the feeling you get from it. You look at, regardless of all the social media stuff that comes out, you know, about how they're really upset and they want to do better. You look at, they've either reached their level or they're happy to stay at that level. And a lot of them aren't. You know, there, there was a lot of people that were quite not upset but agitated when Arteta came in because he he wanted all of these people to give 110 percent, and we've seen the fallout from that in the last uh, 12 months or so. So I think it's definitely a case where the younger players would be pref- preferred, both by Arsenal fans and probably by Arteta at this point. Um, sort of Saka Smith Rowe, maybe not so much Martinelli at the moment, but. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think Martelli's an interesting one, dependent on what we do with Odegaard. Because you could totally see that Smith-Rowe comes in and plays in that 10 and a fully fit Martelli comes in as a winger, sort of depending on where you want to play Saka, if we don't re-sign Odegaard. Which I'm very confused about because I love Martelli. I think he offers something completely different. But I think Odegaard is a very classy player as well. So I, I was I want us to decide Odegaard permanently or again on another loan. But is it at the point now it takes away Martinelli or do we sort of nurture him into a Bamiang's replacement long-term as a central striker rather than a winger, like a pacey striker option? Dan, sort of, are you sort of in the similar position? You sort of, we've almost got too many young attacking players with a lot of potential and we're at risk of Losing, losing one or two of them, like we've seen with Eddie and Ketia and Reese Nelson. 
yeah, there is that risk, definitely. Um, we need to be very careful that, like, we want to keep Martinelli happy, we want to give him the game time he needs because we don't need to sell Gabriel Martinelli to to fans. We don't need to tell him this is what he's good at. Everyone knows he's a good player and what he needs is game time. And the Odegaard one doesn't frustrate me as much as the Willian one does because Willian has put himself in front of Martinelli because of how much he's getting paid, because of how much money Arsenal have invested into the player and effectively is stopping Martinelli of his game time. And over the long term, if we don't, if we were to let Martinelli go on like a free or a low transfer fee, and then he goes on and lives up to the potential we all know he can do over a long term, that would be much more of a financial loss than Willian's wages. So the Willian one frustrates me more. And yeah, it is sad to see the likes of Reese Nelson, Eddie and Ketia, the way their careers are going. It doesn't look like Eddie's going to be part of the team next season. Um, but credit to the guy. He's always been very professional. He's always been very, um, like he's, when he's relied upon, he, he's, he's put in a shift. And Reese Nelson, I'm still not sure if we should let him go. I think it would be good to send him out on loan. But um, I don't want to see him sold yet. Is that sort of the sort of direction we're going to be taking now? Sort of, you'd expect Nelson to go out on loan again. Willock might go out on loan again next season, depending on how he does at Newcastle and if they want to take him for another season rather than half a season. Eddie, you probably think of selling him at this point now. Um, and he, we've still got the contract situation with Balogun. There's a lot of sort of hurdles that we, we need to deal with in the summer. But again, then bringing in is dependent on A, are we in Europe? And B, what competition we're in? Because if sort of Europa League again, you've got to underestimate your targets. And next season, the Conference League starts. So it's, it's again, it's, it's all about recruitment. I think. Like, so, I, I I don't think I'd watch us in the Europa Conference League. No, <laughs> I think it's though, and we'll win it. <laughs> just, it would just depress me. We'd be playing people. We'd be playing like Mulder and Dundalk all the way to the semi-finals. Yeah, but it's a, it's a European trophy. We can finally sort of stop that jinx of oh, you've never won a European Cup in the modern era. We don't, I'm sorry, like, if we won the Europa Con- Conference League, that would sum up Arsenal's decline. <laughs> and we, I'm not, we, knowing us, we'd probably have a trophy parade and we'd probably, yeah, like, celebrate it. Like, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. But um, we need to be in the Champions League. That's where we know we need to be. And it's so weird and frustrating to see how in the past like four years since Wenger's left, we've had better transfer windows. We've invested money in better positions. We've been happy and satisfied after transfer windows, but our on-pitch performances have got worse. And potentially maybe Wenger was right in you don't have to spend the money to have a better team. I mean, to consistently achieve top four as much as that wasn't enough for us and we wanted to push on and be challenging for the title, maybe spending the money isn't always the right answer. We just need to... It's, it's just a weird one, isn't it? We spent money and we've gone backwards, whereas you think 
if you spend money, you're going to go forwards. Well, it's, it's like a we we we've sort of been trying to compete with the Manchester City, the Manchester United, the Chelsea's in terms of spending extravagant fees on players that we hope might come good. Whereas we should be sort of, well, in my opinion, we should be sort of going for the Dortmund, Ajax, even Leicester model, where you know you're buying players for a low fee um and you're trying to just nurture them sell them on if they do well i mean look look at leicester look at the players that we missed out on so in we we went for socrates instead in that summer uh for about the same fee um for Farner we signed saliba instead we don't know how saliba's going to do but Farner's doing very well um it's just a case we need to shift our targets i think slightly from really top tier in their prime players, which we can't attain. And if we do, they tend to be sold for a reason for the fee they're sold for to more sort of nurturing players like we did with Martinelli, like we did to an extent with Guendouzi. Um, although that's, you know, a can of worms that we probably don't want to get into in a Benfica preview. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's frustrating when you think about the way the club should be going with the money you spend, as you say, and the way that it is going, it's just sort of everyone's improving around us, but we're spending money and not improving. It's, it's really it's tough to see the decline considering the players we've brought in, and we really shouldn't be declining. It's, it's I think eighth last season, we might not even get top ten this year. I don't know. And then, then is there a point then we've got to think about Mikel Arteta or? Like, I'm not saying we should sack him. I'm not saying I would have sacked. But if you guide us to a eighth place finish when you've got half a season and essentially lower than eighth in a full season, surely there's got to be a point where you're like, right, the project might be good, but you're not getting the right result that we expect. Is he in danger of losing his job in the next year? I wouldn't say he's in danger of losing it before this, before next season. I, as a fan and as someone looking at the situation, I think Arteta should have until the end of next season before you can judge him and say, like, are you good enough for this club? Have we made significant improvements from the season we're currently in? And he's now, he would have then had... Um, I think four or five transfer windows to get in the players he needs. And then once he's done that, you can then say, is he the man for the job? And ultimately to answer that, we need to be in that top four bracket. It's as, it's as simple as that. Arsenal cannot be outside of that bracket unless potentially maybe fifth or sixth with a European or uh, domestic trophy. I think with, with Arteta, I think, the problem is you can see the process. You can see the progress yeah. more than the process even. You know, we've got players that are more comfortable doing what he wants them to do. And it's not that they're playing badly necessarily. The results don't, I think, reflect the way we've been playing. Maybe maybe up to sort of November, but then you look at the results, the games we should have won. Yeah. You know, Leicester, Burnley looking at these games thinking we should be winning these and it's stupid mistakes or, um, you know, tight calls that go against us um, or stupid red cards that we have. 
And you've got to look at it and say, those are things that Arteta can't necessarily control. You could argue, yes, we should be scoring goals. We should be scoring enough goals to put games out of sight. But not a lot of teams in the league do that, especially not when you're sort of in Arsenal's level where we haven't really had a first team. We haven't had our first 11 that you would name on paper playing together more than probably three games this season yeah. with Parties injuries, Tierney's injuries um, and various suspensions. It's I'm just... out for a couple of games here and there. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's difficult because I, I personally would back Arteta. I can... I like to think I can see what he's trying to do. You can see improvements. We're getting rid of Deadwood. That's not a lot of money. The next step is bringing in players that are hungry and want to play for the club, not players that are, you know, with William, I think we took a step back in buying players that have achieved it all and are happy to continue at this level, but slightly below where they were before. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting one, but I think we've still got a few months until the transfer window opens and we'll see what, what movement happens there? I can't imagine us sacking sacking him anytime soon. But you never you never know with Arsenal, do you? Understand? <laughs> um, how do we see this one going tomorrow night? Because it's it's almost if it was at the Emirates, you'd back us with or without fans. I I think like traditionally you'd back us, but again, it's a neutral venue. Is it a danger of letting the letting the occasion get to them, especially with the manager now saying this is a must win, this is our final, and it's that almost a bit of added pressure. I'm not saying that we lack a winning mentality because we won a trophy, we won two trophies last year if you count the Community Shield, but we 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 did it in two finals. Is is there a danger of letting the occasion get to us, or do we think that the team that we expect to start has enough about them to go out and? Blitz it and maybe two or three, two or three nil. Yeah, we 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 have to treat it as our cup final. Um, the Community Shield is a big trophy if you win it. By the way, if you don't, it's nothing. But if if you win <laughs> it, it's a big trophy. <laughs> um, no, but we have to make sure um, we need to prove ourselves. People have questioned our winning mentality or cojones, as some people have said in the past. And I think it's 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 a valid point. We've um, we bottled a lot of opportunities. You can talk about the Carabao Cup final. You can talk about the Europa League final in Baku. Well, we don't want to talk about that. Um, you can talk about Olympiacos last season. We need to play like we do at Wembley when FA, in the FA Cup, like we've done and we've won it the last couple of seasons. We need to, if Arteta wants to install that winning mentality, he can say everything we want to hear in the press conferences. But at the end of the day... It's the 90 minutes on the pitch that count and we need to win the game in 90 minutes. And I want to see a convincing win as well. I don't want to see a, a scrape through because if we scrape through past Benfica and we get a Man United or we get a Tottenham or we get a Leicester in the next round, that is considerably a much more tough opponent, especially I think Manchester United are probably the most difficult of those games just because of the way they're playing at the moment. But yeah, we need to prove ourselves on the pitch in the 90 minutes and show that we've got what it takes to go all the way. And I want to see us win the Europa League this season. So what are you going for? What's, what's your score prediction? Oh, that's a the big question. We we hope that Arsenal play a strong team. Uh, I, 
I hope he doesn't start Partey. That might sound weird, but I hope he plays Shaka and Ceballos. Yeah. And and then Partey maybe comes on for the final 30 minutes because he's the last two injuries he's had, he's been rushed back into the eleven. And I don't think we need him, need him for this game. I think Tierney's massive on that left-hand side. Um, but we just need to finish our chances. Um, I can see us making it tough for ourselves. And I can see Benfica scoring. But I'm going to say 3-1 Arsenal. Oh. <laughs> ben- tell, you, tell you what, that, that, was, that was going to be my prediction. But having watched Benfica against us... Yeah, true. And their nil-nil draw that they got on Saturday, albeit resting a few players against a pretty mid-table side, I'm going to say we're going to win it comfortably and it'll be 3-0. I think we'll get an early goal to really settle the nerves and then just start pulling away. Optimistic. I'm, I am, obviously, we keep saying this, I'm traditionally the pessimist of this podcast. I was going to go for 3-1 as well. Cause, oh, because <laughs> Just because I think our defence... You can never fully rely on them. There's always a mistake in one of them. And it's Davinovies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's Davinovies. And we don't have holding, so you'd expect Mari and Louis. Louis. Louis and Gabrielle, I think, is the... Louis and Gabrielle, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They tend to play in pairs. I'd, yeah. like, I'd like Gabrielle to come in, or, you know, I'll just go throw a curveball in and chuck in Chambers <laughs> or... <laughs> <laughs> no. He did. He did say he was ready to step in at any moment uh, in yeah. his press conference today. Please, Arteta, if you hear this, do not play Callum Chambers. Oh. <laughs> oh no, I like Callum. Um, no, but you know, like you, you'd expect, we created enough chances to score three or four, and you never know. If Aubameyang puts one of them in last week, he goes and scores all three. Um, so I'm going to be optimistic this time. I'm going to say three-one to Arsenal, and, <laughs> and so we're, all going, we're all going through. Yeah, three-one. <laughs> Let's just hope he doesn't come back to bite us. Overconfidence. Um, that is it for our Benfica preview. We will be back Friday for a Benfica review. And also Friday, I think we'll be doing a Leicester preview as well. Um, obviously, of course, as usual on all our podcast platforms and back on YouTube fully now, uh, you can find full episodes, clips of uh, the best bits as well. So they will be available in that. Um, let's hope for a win tomorrow. And in the meantime, come on, you gunners. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, all of that, and uh, share around our new YouTube channel because we want to get our subscribers up as quickly as possible. Thank you. Goodbye. Podcast Network.